0: My name is Brendan Beneschad. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Toptal, and we are listening to the App Guy podcast.
1: The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy. This episode is brought to you by Toptal. Go to toptal.com forward slash Paul. That's toptal.com forward slash Paul. And if you haven't yet heard my episode with the founder, the CEO of Toptal, Brendan Beneschot, then you need to go back and listen to that. You can find that on the app guy in the archives. But thank you, Toptal, for being such a great sponsor of my show. And also, it's sponsored by Gummy Cube. G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, GummyCube.com. They are great when it comes to app store optimization. I've known the founder, David Bell, now for a few years. He's been a great sponsor of this show. So go and show your support. Go and get some great app store optimization by going to GummyCube.com, GummyCube.com. And don't forget to say that you came from the App Guide podcast. Thanks very much to my two sponsors for making this episode happen. Welcome to another episode of the App Guide podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. Well, let me describe, first of all, where I am recording it, this this episode. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. I am in the middle of Bali in this place called Ubud, Bali's in Indonesia, uh, and it's in the middle of rice fields in a villa. We have a private pool, a beautiful space. Um, we have a statue of Ganesh greeting us, and uh, it's just so lovely. And I'm here with uh, Brian David Crane, who is the uh, founder of uh, Cooler Smart, and we're going to talk about his app, but more importantly, talk about um, the lifestyle that you have. So, Brian, welcome to the App Guide podcast. <laughs> this is such a cool place. You we're drinking, you've made us a smoothie, um, t- 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 just try try and describe this place then to people. I mean, you, you found this most luxurious paradise place. What does it feel like for? You?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I've fallen in love. I, yeah, i fallen in love with Ubud. Fallen in love with Bali. Um, as far as describing this uh, this particular villa, um, it's you know you got the outdoor shower. It's a one bedroom, um, private pool. Uh, it costs roughly in uh, U.S. dollars about nine hundred a month. Um, it gets okay. it gets cleaned uh, twice a week. Yeah. Um, comes with high speed internet. <clears throat> comes with um, and then and then on top of that, I've hired a, a woman who um, who brings groceries from the uh, from the market. Does food prep um, here, and uh, she costs five six dollars every time she goes and does <laughs> that. Plus the cost of whatever she goes to pick up, right? Um, and so it's amazing. It's amazing, and 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 so and from friends, this is the. F- first time I've lived in Bali, but from friends who've lived here for a couple of years, is that the internet has gotten so much faster here, reliable, faster, widespread, um, particularly with fiber, that uh, over just the past year or two, Bali's gotten better for working.
1: Yeah, and and would you say anyone can do this? Because anyone listening to this right now would think, I can't possibly do that. But would you say that this is a lifestyle that is open to anybody? Yeah, yeah,
0: oh yeah. I mean, Indonesia, in parti- Bali in particular is amazing. Um, you know, they speak English, uh, it's, um, um, it's, the weather is absolutely terrific, you know, as far as, it's easy to tap in here, right? I've been, lived in other places where it's hard to get transportation, it's hard to understand what's going on. I think Ubud, I think Bali in particular is quite, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I do think it's available to, to more people than, than are, than know about it. So I'm a little, (laughs) little hesitant to be broadcasting that, but
1: well, I, I would say that this is probably the most picturesque place I've ever done an interview in. I've almost five hundred <laughs> episodes now. this, to me, is why I do this show: is to meet people like yourself yeah. and be inspired by your lifestyle. So you are an app entrepreneur. Let's talk about, like your, your yeah, your app, app Callersmart. Then, what what is it that it does, and how does it? What problem does it solve?
0: Yeah. So, Callersmart. Um we help users uh, investigate unknown phone numbers and avoid uh, unwanted calls and texts. Right? And um, so it's the best way that I've described it is if you picture Waze. Um, you're familiar with Waze? Yes, the, uh, the, the traffic, traffic app. Traffic app yeah. um, what we've built is Waze but for the phone book. And so we've made it so that our users are collaborative in keeping one version of the phone book up to date for everybody. Um and there's a lot of use cases for caller smart. People use it for dating. They want to find out who it is that's calling, texting them. They want to learn they want to learn if it's safe to talk with them, whatnot. There's uh there's a tremendous amount of um scam calls in the States. Uh I don't know in, in the UK if you deal with the same thing, but in the US it's Yes we do. Okay. Um in the U.S., it's uh, uh, IRS fake calls, debt collector fake calls. Um, there's caller ID spoofing. There's a, there's a lot of nefarious stuff that happens. So we um, we help our users stay safer. Effectively, we make yeah. their phones safer. And uh, and so it's we've been featured um, quite a few places. Uh, the app was called uh, Turned Up Caller ID by uh, Buzzfeed, which I quite like.
1: So, right. Um, oh, Buzzfeed gave you an article that must have really drove. We've had an episode where. Uh, we've had um, the founder the, the whole business changed when he had an article from BuzzFeed so that must have really had a big impact for you
0: yeah I mean all of this press stuff it, it, it helps right it's incremental mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, and so for us it's been it's been um, it, we're we're, bu- we're building something I think to, to talk about the app that goes a little bit further it goes not a little bit. It goes further than just an app. We've got a website. It's a web app. There's a whole yeah. back end to it that, uh, um, um, cause it's from a technical perspective, the challenge of trying to solve uh, phone book churn and what that means in a, in a very non-sexy way is like people change their phone numbers. You don't know who the number belongs to. How do you stay up to date with, yeah. uh, with these numbers? And, um, so, so that, we're, 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 we're trying to make a community phone book for everybody. It's only available in the States, um, but, uh, but that's the goal.
1: Right. Well, let's, we always like to start with a story of how you came out with the idea yeah. before. So, t- t- tell us before the story starts of Call Us Smart, what were you doing? But prior to it, yeah. How were you inspired to suddenly come up with this idea, and then here, here you are, and up. But with, <laughs> uh, but yeah. To tell us at the start, then what, what were you doing before Call us, Mom?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think my entre- my entrepreneurial journey started. Uh, um, well, I've been an entrepreneur since my teens. I had a um, I had a lawn mowing business, and then I had a, a recycling company, actually, in uh, in the states that um, I started with my mom, and that. I used to pay my way through college, but the interesting thing about the recycling company for for developers or for people people who want to be um, entrepreneurs was through the recycling company we needed a website, and so I needed to um, I tried to teach myself PHP, and it was absolutely miserable. Um, I it, it forced me out of the need to, the need for the website. Combined with um, my inability to code led me into hiring uh, offshore hiring hiring yep. remote uh, engineers and um, and so uh, that was kind of a side benefit at the time for like i didn 't study project management or engineering in any capacity in school um, but uh, the, the the recycling company went on to do well. I sold it at the age of twenty four um, and uh, and then proceeded to uh, get my teeth kicked in by uh, by life, um,
1: so you had a really big win.
0: I had a big you win. I had. I had. A, I had a big. I had, I, I had a big win young, and uh, um, and, and then, then. you
1: probably then, felt invincible. Then after that, you. Well, you,
0: you then... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, there were two. There were two things that happened. So one of them was is that I had this idea of I was going to do a, um, a trip around the world. It was going to be called Twenty Five at Twenty Five. It was going to be twenty five countries while well, I was twenty five. I started the trip. And I was two countries in, and I was absolutely miserable um There was really no purpose to the trip other than just it was just travel right which at some level is 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 uh is very appealing but um uh you and I both know andreas and I think Andreas can speak to this as well, which is that like a lot of times if you're just traveling like the people that you're meeting are not in the same headspace they're not on the same um as my my friend Chad says they're not swinging uh, in the same strike zone, right? And so, what I was meeting when I was on the road at uh, um, when I was 25 was um, it was like a lot of partying. There wasn't really a there wasn't really a purpose to it. So, um, so I came back and I canceled the trip. Came back, proceeded to lose all the money, anyways, from the sale, um, and uh, uh, had gotten into setting up a private equity fund. That went that went. Turned upside down, went went uh, went bust during the uh, Bear Stearns crisis in 08. and um, and then I got a job offer through friends to move out to Silicon Valley, and um, and I went to work for a company called Inflexion, and I spent close to three years there. But what they offered was mentorship, one um, which I think is so important but number two is that like it was a bit of like a uh it was a tech mba even though i didn't know it they saw in me the ability sort of resourcefulness wanting to um like an ability to kind of like be entrepreneurially minded like we'll figure out a solution to um to to the problem and um and so they they uh i was i had three more than three but i had three kind of core mentors there and um and uh, and that was that was sort of the genesis for CallerSmart was its uh, inflections in the um, is in the you know identity uh, protection people smart or sorry people search uh, space and um, and uh, and I saw this opportunity there and I was like you know I I think there's a need for for a community phone book um, it didn't fit within their uh, product roadmap um, and then I happened to be in Asia. A couple years later, and I was watching a friend of mine um, use Foursquare, and I was fascinated by his interest in badges, his interest in um, uh, in essentially like keeping what is Foursquare's listings accurate for other users because he wanted um, he wanted a badge, right. And uh, and I thought I was like it's fat like what people are what people are motivated by as far as game elements go, and uh, and so I thought we need to use game elements if we want to keep one listing one phone book up to date for everybody. Like there has to be an incentive. So um, so so in Caller Smart we have badges uh, and um, and then we also give prizes. We use a um, a company called Keep. Um, You might be familiar with them, but they,
1: they. I'm actually not. I'm not no,
0: keep K I I P. Um, they uh, they give you as a developer, they give you a, a pop. You can trigger a pop inside of an app after a certain achievement is right. met. So, for instance, if um, uh, if you unlock, if you complete a level in a game, in our case, it's after there's an edit made to the phone book. Keep pops a reward for the user. And uh, the reward a lot of times is a dollar off um, a Coca-Cola or uh, – and for the advertiser for Coca-Cola or for, um, for Spotify or whatnot, they're getting opt-ins or they're getting sales and the user also feels like they've gotten some value. It's, uh, um, it's an interesting business. I don't know how well they're doing but uh, I think the motivation structure is really
1: nice. What I like about this story already is that, um, for anyone uh, who's inspired as much as I am, is that this is an authentic podcast. We tried to get to the the challenges that get you to where you are now. And and many people will hear the success stories uh, but not appreciate the work that's gone in and look at the journey that you've had to get to where you are now. Uh, And so I think I like to uh, think about... um, the entrepreneurial journey is it is like an up and down thing and we'll have wins and we'll have losses but it's the ability to bounce back like you did learn mentorship which i thought i've heard is very important and and then then you know you've come out with this idea and you've really acted upon it but using all your your experience of the past so so, so then how did you get it started you you talk about a team which we yeah. haven't spoken about yet how did you go from the inception of the idea yeah. to then now Running your company, building the app, and getting it off the ground.
0: Yeah. So, well, our team, with me being here in Asia, is uh, we're split across four continents now, right? So, um, uh, North America, South America, Europe, and and me being here. Um, uh, as far, so I think as far as as far as getting the idea off the ground, um, it was there there's a common question which comes up which is like how to find uh a remote development team or how to find a, uh an engineer I'm not an engineer um, and or how to find an engineering team and so I think that um there's two routes to go down and I, so first would be do you want and I'll tie this into your question here like what the first would be do you want the um Do you want the engineering team or do you want the people that you're going to be working with in one central location, they don't have to be in the same city you're in, or do you want them to be uh, distributed or remote themselves all over the place? And so TopTal offers the second one, which is they find the best of the best who could be working from the co-working space here in Bali, they could be in London, doesn't matter, but they're, they're graded and brought in that way. The other option over here, which is having a remote development team but in a, in, a, in a different location um, because our development team and the, and, the, and the day-to-day core operations of business actually run out of Warsaw, um, Poland, uh, is um, you get the benefit of everybody sitting in one shared space. You don't necessarily have to be there, but the technical, hardworking, product management, um, QA, all this kind of stuff, like it can live in, uh, in one building and um and so so for that sort so if you're looking for a remote development team depends on the size of what you want to build right if you if you're looking for a remote development team what i would say is there's a phrase that i like comes from a mentor of mine um which is read the tea leaves and so the tea leaves in this case would be go look at who who are the best uh remote teams in a particular country so in the case of in the case of caller smart in my personal experience I really like working with Central and Eastern Europeans, and so when we were looking at building the team for um uh, I'd had previous experience working with Polish engineers. I like Poland. I understand um, um, like its place as far as culturally sitting between you know Germany and, and Russia and 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 its relationship to the states and. Not to go down geopolitics, but the (laughs) but but so like I like Poland, right? So, I so so um, so for hiring a remote development team, it is go look at the countries where you want to work with somebody and then look at who's speaking at the conferences about that particular topic. So, if it let's say that you want to build something in Magento, you would look at the conferences in Poland that are Magento conferences and go talk to the dev teams who have speakers at those conferences like they already know who the best dev teams are around a particular topic you don't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel uh,
1: you've just mentioned one of my big themes which is uh, the importance of networking and and finding out the locations of these big networks but I've never through the entire episodes talked about the uh, uh, focus on going to events where your team Will probably be and and start to pinpoint the people that you want to talk to. That's yeah. genius. Yeah,
0: because the event organizer already knows who's considered the top talent in their particular country. Mm. I mean, and 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 this is useful. I know. I know we're talking strictly about iOS development, or necessarily um, Android development. But there are conferences, around, like there'll be a Swift conference, let's say, right? Mm. And it would be who are the who are the who is the CEO of Svitla, which is an offshore uh, remote development team in Ukraine. Um, is he speaking at, at the Swift conference, right? And if so, then likely they have pretty damn good capabilities in Swift, yes. right? They already know, right? And you don't need to necessarily say. I got 50 different remote teams here. I need to figure out which one's which. It's like, no, you already have them filtered to a large okay, degree. Yeah, speakers. Yeah. Yep.
1: And,
0: and uh, so that they're all and, and then, and then, to, so to, sorry to interrupt, but one more thing to add to that is, then you need to go there. That at my point is, you need to go there when you're starting something and you want to interview people or you want to talk with them about the project and the app and whatnot. Take whatever money you got, fly to Kiev, fly to Warsaw fly to Slovenia, wherever it is, in the case of if you're going to Central or Eastern Europe, and sit down with the people face-to-face, right? Break bread with them, have some drinks, but build some human capital at the outset. Tell them the vision of where you want to go, and it will make all... You don't necessarily, be there, necessarily need to be there again for another year or whatnot, but you need to build some human capital early on.
1: We don't often hear that enough, and I feel like uh, especially... Um, there's a lot of people listening to this now who will hide behind the screen in a way and not get out there and not meet people in person. And it's so easy to avoid that. You just reminded us how important that is. So I hope you're enjoying this episode. Uh, Let me take a moment right now to thank my sponsor. And it's a great story and a really powerful lesson that you'll learn from what uh, I'm about to go through. It's the story of the co-founder of Stayful. And he is Sharik Minas, and I watched him uh, present uh, this uh, story, and he talks about uh, starting out. And like any co-founder, just starting out, uh, you're using your own cash, as you probably can appreciate listening to this. Now at the time he... Uh, wanted to start his company with limited funds and so he decided to ask his friends and the developers and designers that he knew at the time who may be able to help him so he offered them uh, to work part-time weekends and evenings uh, for in return a stake in his company Uh, he got a lot of rejection on that so he figured oh dear i better start learning design myself and so he did Teach himself uh, you know through the resources online about design and ultimately uh, his first uh, actual design was um, kind of you would say below uh, standards so he realized that he had to do something now he was working at Lyft at the time and uh, just to try and make ends meet and Lyft Uh, you know, the company uh, that gives you uh, drive experiences, Uh, they actually built parts of their core product using outsourcers. So even though he wasn't a big fan of outsourcing at the time, he decided to give it a go. And sadly, his first experience was uh, a nightmare. He realized that these uh, very general platforms, uh, which I won't go through, but you know the platforms that provide you with outsourcers that the review systems are actually slightly inaccurate uh, he found that many of the uh, reviews were actual agencies a front for the agencies so the person working with you is just simply an agent or the other thing is that you know a lot of these uh, reviews are from friends of the developer for small tasks so it doesn't really reflect the type of work you're going to get. So yes, he had a nightmare and uh, he really wanted to have this product ready for a big travel event. So he turned to Brendan, Brendan the co-founder of Toptal. He was told about the business model at Toptal that they do all the screening and that they offer a two week risk-free trial. And he was blown away by this. Uh, so he had his first Skype chat with TopTail to discuss his requirements. Uh, he was then introduced to a back-end engineer called Martin uh, who's based in Argentina and then afterwards he, he started working with Martin he was happy it, it the process was very smooth it didn't take any time and he was exactly the person that shriek wanted to work with they worked 24/7 to build this uh, version 1 of their product they made it in time for the travel conference He successfully showcased the product at that travel conference and obtained a load of inbound leads. And in a few months later, Sharik closed a big fat seed round from one of those inbound leads. And so ever since then, he has been using TopTal. So if you want to have an experience uh, like Sharik, then you need to get into TopTal. And the best way is to go to toptal.com forward slash pool. toptal.com forward slash pool help build your business the right way thank you top Tile, for continuing to support this show so i'm fortunate enough to have an absolutely amazing app store optimization company called gummy cube who sponsor this show and they collect uh, data from the mobile app stores google play and the apple app store and that data then allows you to be more effective when optimizing your apps for those app stores. Now, GummyCube deal with brands and indie developers and product managers. And what Gummy Cube are able to do is find those long tailed keywords that rank. You see, app store optimization, it used to be, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably still doing this right now, where you go uh, back and forth and, and check things like Google search and and then you get the long tail keywords uh, from web search and that is the wrong thing to do Uh, you don't really want any data that's being scraped from the web what you want is data that is actually from the app stores because we know that the way you behave in app stores is different to on the web and searching on the web and so this is why you need gummy cube to get access to their algorithms and their data cube and to really be efficient with app store optimization so I highly recommend going and checking them out it's www.gummicube.com that's g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e.com and thank you very much to gummy cube for being such a great company and supporting this show let's talk about money then because um how do you know like uh, it does take a lot of money to fly to different places to um, hire uh, whether you hire from you know like the likes of my sponsor top Tal or others yep. uh, did you have to go and raise money then to, or did you end up using your own funds? ColorSmart
0: yeah. uh, is um, self-funded. Um, and what I would say, as far as funding goes, is that <clears throat> I really like the, the methodology of, uh, of Warren Buffett when it comes to funding. And, and, and what I mean by that is like he really focuses on base hits Instead of home runs, right, using a baseball analogy. And so every business that he buys, everything that he gets into, it's, it's incremental. It's always designed to basically add additional cash flow, boom, 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 boom. It's not designed he's, – he's not interested based on his personality or whatever it is in Uber or an absolute home run. Yeah. Um, and I think when it comes to funding, that would be what I, – if I were counseling somebody, I would say look at getting a base hit. Look at getting $1,000 a month coming in that's outside of your job. Look at getting um, uh, some sort of incremental revenue stream that is not tied to whatever it is that you're working on currently. And you can do – like those are so much easier to get to. I mean it in the sense of like it's easier to get to $1,000 a month from whether it's – whether it's consulting, whether it's coaching, whether it's um, doing, uh, doing affiliate marketing, there's a lot of ways to basically get an income stream coming that are not tied to your, your desk job at the moment and then use that money to then go fund the development that you really want to. But you need to get like a baseline going first. Like don't cut the cord of leaving your corporate job and going to move to Bali um, Without having any kind of money coming in, and I think, and I, th- and I, I did that myself, and that, and I say, that's what this we
1: way. want to learn. We're learning from your experience here. Yeah, so what I'm learning is, get, get, get the runway there. Get, get, you know, outside income
0: coming. You need in. the cash yeah. flow. Like mm-hmm. the cash flow is the lifeblood of it. And, and and it's and to use the two stories I was talking about, which is the 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 twenty five at twenty five trip was there was no cash flow coming in. I had money from the sale of the company, but I had no money coming in and it made me neurotic. Like it made me very cautious about what I was spending money on. It made me like really clench tight, not want to spend on anything else, including development, including another business. Cause it was like, cool, I got this one set of gold coins here and I don't want to spend it anywhere else other than where I have to. Compare that to traveling now as a digital nomad, where if you have money coming in on a regular basis, it, changes your mentality you might not necessarily want to fund something massive or grandiose but at least you know that next month you're gonna have a thousand bucks next month you're gonna have five thousand bucks and it's incremental and it's a base hit which to me is um, it. it it also changes it gives you a mental runway because you're no longer trying to outrun your own set of money or the money that you've raised from somebody else
1: This, this is so inspiring to listen to because Uh, I've recently been listening to uh, Seth Godin. He's now promoting the message of uh, exactly what you're talking about, which is rather than uh, dream of an app that's going to have millions of downloads and it's going to be an overnight success, you know, the likes of uh, Candy Crush or whatever example you want to give, but just focus on a core audience uh, uh, um, who will love what you do. And that can be a hundred. In fact, if you can try and, make a profitable business out of less people that's perhaps easier to do and more rewarding than trying to go for the million users who uh, are not going to pay you a dime for uh, your app and and that's why I think we're going on exactly I was just yeah. saying earlier in the pre-chat that we had I had an app that had over a million downloads and didn't make me a penny so um, yeah I, I, and you that's what I'm learning from you here the, the it's, uh, incremental. It's,
0: it's, it's I mean and that's it's incremental, and that, and that's where, like, I read this. You and I are both familiar with Hubud. Um, uh, this fascinating study. So this woman um, uh, from Harvard uh, interviews a thousand digital nomads, and um, does it in a database way. Da- sorry, data backed way, where it's a you know it's a blind study, whatnot. They don't know who the no names, and she finds from them like how much they're actually making money wise. And then, how, like, what's happening with their skills? And what was, what came out of that was these people who are actually traveling on a long basis. Cause I've been nomadic for, um, for over two years now. Um, and, and I can talk about that in a minute. But, the, but like, the people who are doing, who are, who are, who are nomadic, um, on the long term, they have a lot of these like incremental little businesses, right? They're not, they're not going for the the Uber. They're not trying to. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think the ambition is amazing to build an Uber, because um, I love Uber, right? And
1: and, yeah. and, and actually, business we business. have Uber in Bali, but yeah. I noticed that there's a really anti-Uber thing going on here. I've seen some uh, uh, posters saying, you know, Uber are not allowed to drop off here. And, yeah. um It's interesting that digital disruption has come all the way to Bali, and uh, they're they're quite anti it. So.
0: There's a, com- there's a company here in Bali that's uh, called Gojek. Have you used them?
1: I haven't, but I've seen the signs that say don't use them, yeah. Yeah, they're also, <laughs> they're also on the,
0: uh, the no-go list. But you can request moto taxis with them. Right. Yeah, Uber's only the cars. Anyways. But I- the point
1: you were trying to make is that often we dream of being going big, but look at the sacrifices perhaps you'd have to make you know, and then the investment you would need. Uh, yeah, and there is a good lifestyle that you can have with an r- incremental kind of growth and... Uh, uh, but just in securing yep. that first,
0: right? And I think that's and and I and I think that's first. So the order of it would be: if you're in London, if you're in New York, um, you have some pretty amazing things going for you. So number one is you're, you're you speak English. Huge leg up compared to compared to the majority of the rest of the world. Number two is that you're in a Western economy, market-based economy, and number three is. Like, you can work there. So, like, start making money. To me, it's like start making money in your home country as much as you can and then go to a lower-cost uh, destination if you want to that's more exotic and a place like Bali um, mm-hmm. because it cuts your burn rate down as well. But what? first, get the income coming in yeah. from from from, uh, from your home country to whatever degree you can. And, and so, so to go back on that, it would say, like, what sh- what this woman in the Harvard study found was – um that there was like this general thread thread with 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 entrepreneurs with with entrepreneurs with who they just like they quit their job they leave they come to Bali they come elsewhere and then they start trying to figure out how to actually make it work here and in general it would be like have a better plan than that like you want to get out of your job awesome first get cash coming in while you 're there yeah um, you know before
1: i really enjoy this chat because we've gone from learning that you can have a goal like 25 by 25 it sounds really amazing um, but it's not a long-term strategy the longer term strategy would be to think seriously about this commitment make um, a a separate revenue stream in your own country uh, and then come and and be a, a digital nomad let's talk about being a digital nomad and give some tips out if you like, because let's assume that any uh, that we've they've got a lot of people now who have made the commitment to go, they've got the the the, the separate revenue. What practical tips then could you suggest on, uh, on on what they should do to get to a place like Bali?
0: There'd be a couple things. So great question. Uh, so as an American, what. The, I can speak to what it, specifically. I think there's a co- Like there are a couple must-dos. One of them would be um, um, I, there's a there's a there's a cell phone plan in the states through T-Mobile that allows you to have uh, unlimited data. It's 2G. It's not that fast, but it's unlimited data in 120 countries, and it's literally magic. Paul, you've dealt with this, I'm sure, of where you land in a new country, you turn on your phone, take it out of airplane mode. And it works, and you've got your you've got your number from back in from back in the states or the UK or wherever it is, and it people can call you, and then coupled with with uh, Wi-Fi calling on the iPhone, I get calls. I talk here. I'm walking around the pool with my feet in the water. I'm talking to people at 10, 11 o'clock at night here, 12 hours back in the states, and they don't know any different. Like there's no there's no gap. There's no changing the number. There's none of this. It's it's it. I think that is. I think the plan is amazing. Um, and I think coupled with uh, with the iPhone, I think it's got to be the 5S or higher that has Wi-Fi calling. It's it's pretty amazing. I don't know about in the UK if they have a similar plan, but. Um,
1: and and you know what? I I'm always like getting a local SIM card, uh, and it's so annoying because your phone number changes. Then you have to re-register on WhatsApp and uh, yeah. iMessage, and you lose all the services. I'm finding a um, Facebook Messenger to be one of the. Better ways now of connecting because that seems to stay consistent uh, with your different telephone numbers. The, but, and the
0: da- well, the da- sorry to interrupt you, but the downside to Facebook Messenger is that it's not encrypted. Right, it's not encrypted. Right, WhatsApp is encrypted. iMessage is encrypted. With Facebook Messenger, um, there's the, the, the you know, you're, it's essentially handing your communications number one to Facebook, but then number two to who they work with, yeah. right? And so. Um, if you're if you're comfortable with that, I don't like using Facebook Messenger, but I understand, mm-hmm. especially in Southeast Asia, uh, especially amongst travelers. Like, there's just a the desire now. It's like, cool. What's your name? And you add somebody on Facebook to be able to communicate with them. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Um, so we've talked about uh, the telephone plan. Any suggestions on the actual flying travel tips? Uh, destination. Good destinations. Man, I,
0: mean, I love. Um, well, I don't travel alone. So I have a couple of uh, – um, I wouldn't say hard rules, but they're, 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 they're guidelines in that. Um, travel tip-wise, I love um, a service called Flight Fox. And they – have you heard of it? No. So Flight Fox is um, – you go find the best itinerary you can. And then you put it into Flight Fox, you give them, I think it's 50 bucks, and then they've got people who are specialists at um, finding what's called open-jaw tickets. And so an open-jaw ticket would be, like, you're coming from London, so it'd be like, let's say you're flying London to Bali and then back to London. Then they'll add another flight from London to Glasgow that the airline has on sale because they have that leg London to Glasgow on sale, but the whole ticket cost... Goes down, and so i bought tickets through FlightFox for the same itineraries. I don't know how they do it exactly. It's some sort of travel hacking um, that's travel saved. Travel hacking,
1: I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't like. I mean, it's saved. It saved. It saved hundreds of bucks. I mean, I've. Uh, um, and if they can't find something better for you, uh, it doesn't cost you anything. So it's um, at least that's the way it used to be. I uh, I think that's still the case. So on the travel tips, I do love FlightFox. On the. Um, uh, on the, on, the, on, the tra- on the traveling in general, so um, I'm part of a couple different uh, private masterminds and um, one of them called The Brotherhood is, it's a curated group of entrepreneurs. Andreas and I are both in it and uh, some of the guys in that group, not everybody, some of the guys in that group are also nomadic and so what we do is, we'll, we'll live together or live near each other for three or four months at a time. So you come somewhere new, you live together um, you have a shared set of values. You have a, sh- a lot of times shared business interests, not though not always, and um, and then you have a sense of community whenever you whenever you land. And that's actually the reason why why I was in Bali. Because prior to Bali, I was um, I was living in Whistler, in uh, outside of Vancouver, Canada, and um, and I was living with other guys from the Brotherhood. And we had a five bedroom house. Um, one of the bedrooms we turned into a uh, like a co-working space, but um, we were there for the ski season. We were there for close to three months. And everybody who was in the house was vetted. You knew who they were. It was not walking into like a normal co-working space where it's kind of like you don't know. Somebody could be, you know, have a huge business, have no business. You don't know who you're really talking to. Like it, it, with this, is a curated community, which I, I personally love. And the same thing was here. It was So there's there's guys from the group – that were here one of them is living right behind this villa and then um you're not alone right and you have a sense of community and they they it's all over the world though so in that that's um, um i think that's a travel tip where in your case you're traveling with your family it's it's different you have a, a community yeah, built in <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm
1: not sure some of them would get on you know <laughs> <laughs> well um, but you're right, um, it's been nice for me because I've been traveling with my wife and my two children and then we've had my mother join us and uh, I just wanted to introduce her to the lifestyle that we may have going forward, um, given that we're thinking about coming over to live here. So uh, yeah, awesome. I just had to do the pre-sale on the, the parents back home.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they need to see it. Right?
1: They do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Then, laughs> When I, I come with the bombshell, hey, I'm moving to Bali, at least, oh yeah, now I know why. It's paradise. Yeah, you know, you can go surfing in the morning and you go to do yoga and, the, and it's sunny and it's just, it's, it's just a great way of life. You feel free, feel yeah. very free. Uh, I was driving a, a, a moped that cost me $2 a day <laughs> and I felt as free as anything and, and probably better than I would do f- driving a Ferrari. And, and that's genuinely. The, the feeling you get over here it changes you, so I agree yeah, I love that I love that brotherhood right so um, let 's talk about some of the countries, and I know Bali in terms of the visa is is quite easy i 've met a few people that um, are nomadic, but when you 're doing digital work it 's not really classified as work, so you can uh, I did meet one guy uh, Mike um, who uh, Mike Burton, who is um, I think doing the six month. Um, visa Uh, he flew to Singapore come back and he picked up the six month social visa Um, and uh, so it's quite easy I think to get the visas for working or for certainly digital stuff in Bali Um, uh, uh, would you say that's the case
0: yeah Uh, yeah I think I've had I mean I I think on the visa front what um, my experience in general with Bali and this is I think a, probably a rule for most uh, um, most kind of developing world places is you just need to go there initially, and then you start to learn the uh, the nuances of how it works. In the case of the visa here with Bali, it was first coming here, seeing that I actually liked it, that I wanted to stay, and doing what you said yeah. Mike did, which is that he leaves and then goes and gets uh, um, a six-month visa, which is, yeah. they're, they're easy to get. It's just a question of paperwork and money. Yes but you got to actually know that you want to be here for 6 months
1: yeah. uh, and you can do it on a tourist visa i know last year i came had the 1 month visa yeah. and it was so easy to extend it, it was one of the easiest um uh, visa extensions i've ever applied for uh, yeah. and we were, we just needed some money and a guide to help us so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> one of the locals who can uh, connect the yeah
1: staff. yeah he just uh, said <laughs> turn up here on a certain time and, and took us in and Got our photos took taken and, and that was it. And we had an extra month, and, but I think uh, you have to buy the pay for the visa when you arrive. As there's, a, there's a two different tourist visas, there's a free one, and then there's one that you pay for. Both are 30 days, but you need to pay for the tourist visa uh, to make sure that you can then extend that one. Um, I believe, but that's just my own tip. Uh, yeah. uh, mm. Uh, and when you're over here then, you've found this most amazing place. Did you know that you, you had this on your your agenda through, uh, like I guess it was through your connections? Or no, or? I mean, this...
0: Yeah. Uh, to speak specifically about Bali, I mean, everything is um, month-to-month rentals, cash. <laughs> uh, right. um, and I found this particular villa through, uh, uh, through a friend of mine. I... I um, I'd come over here and I'd seen it and I thought it was it was pretty spectacular mm. and um, and through the connections through uh, my friends uh, Chad and Mike and Asaf um, when we were f- here originally we had a house together and we were doing I know you like Changu so we actually had two houses we had one here in Ubud and one in Changu because it's low cost right you can yeah. afford to have They're my have two both places. they are amazing right you get the balance yeah. of both you go to the beach you're up in the mountains. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. Bumped the microphone. Um, and uh, uh, um, and so that was that was community as far as living together. And then uh, two of those two of those three guys have left. And so out of them leaving, it was like cool. Now it's time to find another space because we didn't need um, we didn't need such a big house.
1: And we've just come from a place called Rome, R-O-A-O-M, Rome, and it's uh, a rather unique uh, co-working space where, where it's all pre prepared for you upon arrival. They're so it co-living. Co-living, right. Uh, that's in Ubud. Now, what I like about this is I've actually been listening to a book, um, an audio book uh, called um, Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, the founder of Wired. And he talks about accessing, uh, that access is going to trump um, uh, owning. And I love the co-living space because you can just come, turn up, and there you are, you have co-working space, you have Wi-Fi, you have everything taken care of, and it's a very reasonable rate. And you have your community, I guess, that are there that have similar kind of um, outlook on life. It's vetted. Yeah, you have
0: to apply to uh, to live at Rome. So right. it's, it, there's some vetting, right? Um, I don't know if, you know, there, there's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a phenomenal concept. and And, and for their credit, their branding and their marketing—they have—they've uh, done really well with it because that idea of co-living um, is very appealing. For the trends that you're talking about from the Kevin Kelly book, yeah. there's another one that's interesting, um, which is called co-boating, where it's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's and I haven't done it. I don't I don't know how how it would be, but it's. Um, uh, there's one of them which is a, a sailing trip around the world. It's one year, uh, and it's uh, it's around the world, and I think it's in a, um, a sailboat, uh, catamaran style sailboat, and um, that would be that would be a, that would be a commitment. But they've got Wi-Fi, I think satellite internet. I don't know exactly how it works. Um, there are smaller trips. Around uh, co-boating, um, there's one in uh, in the Balearics. Is that the name of the sea in Spain around Mallorca? I guess the, the Baltics. Uh, uh, yeah. Mar- no.
1: Right. We're going to have to look into this. Yeah. But it, you know what? I love this because I, I often cite. There's a guy traveling around the remote parts of Australia in a camper van and doing what we do. You know, the, the digital kind of work. Uh, and, and here's my new uh, thing, which is now there's a group of people traveling around the world in a sailboat doing That's what we insane. do, and try, if I was talking to myself of 10 years ago, yeah. um, and, and working in an office, and going to work in a suit, and being stuck in a commute for an hour each way, and said, there is a lifestyle out there that possibly is in the near future that you can work from a boat going around the world, <laughs> be like, are you off your rocket? I mean, <laughs> How can I? How can I get my Excel spreadsheet? How can I? uh, You know, it's unbelievable how the world is changing. There's definitely a move towards now choosing where you want to live. Who wants to be stuck in uh, an hour's commute each way in traffic? I mean, okay, you get to listen to this podcast, but um, (laughs) it's like just not fun. But I think the more that we try to open people's eyes to this new lifestyle, this new potential way of living and I'm doing it with a family and it's possible to do it there's no obstacle f- for you to do this I-, I love it I really do I'm yeah. inspired by you Brian I'm inspired by this whole this whole thing let's wrap this up then so in summary what I've learned from you is um, a-, a lot of stuff I wonder what the best thing people could do to to help you in terms of like uh, downloading the app or promoting it, yeah.
0: the best I mean we always uh, appreciate um Mentions online so either linking to uh, um, linking to our iTunes listing or linking to our website callersmart.com um, Callersmart.com. Yep. Right. Yeah, you have to be smart about who's calling you.
1: And, and I tend to I know? tend to
0: not enunciate that well I've had people look at me and think I'm saying color and not caller
1: Caller C-A-L-L-E-R smart. Yeah. great And and how can people reach out to you and connect with you? Brian?
0: Probably via direct message on Twitter Right. Um, just by my full name, Brian David Crane, okay. and uh, um, that's uh, that gets right to the the nerve center here. Center here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Look at that—a whole office in an iPhone. I'm going to take a few pictures of this place. I think of where we recorded this. So go to theappguy.co uh, and search for the episode with uh, Brian David Crane, and you'll see the location where we recorded this. Very highly worth uh, going to do that. Um, thanks for joining me on this very very special episode Brian thank you. and um, yeah I look forward to uh, coming out here and having more meetings with you awesome
0: thank awesome. you thank you